1: Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Rob Lilly, in Felucci Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week.
2: Companies started seeing texting as a great way to communicate with their customers. It made sense for businesses to use it as a channel. And wherever direct marketers go, the attackers go too.
3: So the numbers we're seeing, the amount of text messages we're seeing coming through that are fraudulent and affecting people are huge.
0: This doesn't need to be hundreds and hundreds of people scamming. You can have only one or two people and they can actually reach you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, because digital makes it just so much easier to be able to be prolific in this space.
1: Today I'm joined by WITCH's Head of Consumer Rights, Adam French, to discuss the so-called Scamdemic, with more people falling victim to fraudsters than ever before. We'll also be joined by HMRC to hear what they're doing to fight back, and what you can do to stay one step ahead of the scammers.
4: We are WITCH.
1: You've just heard me mention it, the Scamdemic. Earlier this year, Health Minister Lord Bethel warned of a massive sudden increase in scams, especially fraudulent text messages. Now, I'm sure you or someone you know will have experienced exactly this, or at least received one of these messages. Adam, we're not understating this, are we? This is a huge problem. It's a gigantic
3: problem, and it's just growing and growing year on year. Been covering scams now for... Six seven years, and the scale of, of this this particular tech scams has just grown exponentially um, in the year that's just been. So where we went into lockdown, um, reports of scams, all different types of scams, were up thirty three percent, which is a huge increase anyway. But within that, when you look at the fastest growing threats, the biggest one is phone fraud which includes dodgy sms messages and phone calls that was an increase in reports of 83 percent year on year so the numbers we're seeing the amount of text messages we're seeing coming through that are fraudulent and affecting people are huge and the growth is just absolutely terrifying we looked into this actually earlier in the year In particular around delivery text messages. So the ones you'd see where it was a message pretending to be from, say, Royal Mail saying you had a a package that had to be collected and you had to pay a small fee. Around three in five people told us that actually received one of those texts. And that was just in May of this year. So the numbers here are massive. These messages are hitting huge numbers of people. And the scammers are are really playing a sort of a numbers game here themselves. Get these messages in front of as many people as possible. Some people, unfortunately, will be caught out and the scammers can take advantage.
1: You mentioned lockdown and and the pandemic there, of course. But as you say, in truth, it it does seem that this has been an increasing problem for for some time, really. Now, I've been speaking to Jacinta Tobin. Uh, She's from software security company Proofpoint. And they've recently been working with Witch to highlight the sheer scale of the current scam activity.
2: One of the thing that's interesting is people blame COVID for the rise in smishing, but we've been tracking the growth well before that. The reason is that you know maybe four years ago, five years ago, a lot of us used texting just for person to person. So texting our friends or family members, people that we knew. Um, what changed is that companies started seeing texting as a great way to communicate with their customers. Um, so the, the reason being that Um, I think most text messages, 98% of text messages are read within three minutes and people are much more likely to engage via texting than via email or or other means of direct marketing. So it made sense for businesses to use it as a channel and wherever direct direct marketers go, uh, the attackers go too.
1: Adam, it's a really interesting point that Jacinta makes there. Now, as our head of consumer rights, of course, you are across all of the scams that we see across various platforms. Do you think what Jacinta said there rings true? Like the way in which companies have changed the way they interact with us, even the language they use, that could be partly to blame here.
3: It certainly hasn't helped. And, and companies actually do talk to us and communicate with us a lot more than maybe they used to. But in the way they do it, it can be really inconsistent. Now, if you look at text messages, often you'll find businesses may be sending, including links in those messages that ask for payment, including personal information in those messages, linking out to websites. All of those kind of behaviors are the kind of things that scammers can take advantage of as well. Think about the kind of tech scams we've seen recently. It might be actually delivery scams is a really good example of this again, where you'll be following a link through from a text message that says you're missing a parcel and it will go through to an incredibly convincing mocked up version of the courier company's website we found this recently actually with dpd i I had this message myself and i clicked through and i couldn't believe the quality of this mocked up dpd website it was only for the fact that you look at the url at the top of the the web page and you realize it isn't the dpd website others there was hardly any other giveaways beyond that. It was so convincing. And scammers are able to take advantage of all of this kind of stuff to make sure that they can present as a convincing as possible scam in front of you, which is why the way businesses have been using text messages has opened the door to this. And ultimately, I asked some pretty big questions around whether that is a sensible way uh, for companies to continue to communicate with us.
1: When it comes to this scam activity, now there are a couple of terms that are kind of thrown around and I wanted your help with the definitions of them. We we hear phishing, with a PH, importantly, and smishing. Now, what do they actually mean? What do those terms mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked me this. These are
3: horrible jargon terms and often... I'm of the opinion that the kind of thing that get thrown around so people can sound intelligent. (laughs) Ultimately, they're just nonsense jargon. And really what we're talking about here with phishing scams is email scams. What we're talking about with smishing scams is text scams. Uh, Now, this came from the idea that you were being caught, you were being hooked, you were being caught by scam emails back in the day. Uh, And then SMS scams, text messages, that became smishing. So these words did come from somewhere. But ultimately, they're they're a frustrating load of old rubbish jargon that we don't really need anymore. Email scams, text scams. That's all you need to know. And basically, anytime you get anything out of the blue, whether it's email, a text message, a WhatsApp message, asking you for personal information to make a payment, linking through to a website that then asks for personal information or to make a payment, you have to treat that with a degree of caution. Now, and that's what we've learned from these types of scams over the last few years, to be perfectly honest.
1: A little bit earlier on, you mentioned, you know, a couple of minutes ago, that incredibly realistic DPD or rather fake DPD website that you were taking through to. Can you talk us through about some of the other scams that we've been seeing? Because obviously delivery scams, as you've mentioned, there is a huge part of this. And that's some of the work that which we've been doing already. We're going to hear from HMRC a little bit later on, you know, and, and that is another area, isn't it, that, that the scammers have been taking advantage of?
3: Yeah, absolutely. HMRC is is a classic again of the, the way that scammers will try to often impersonate authority figures. Um so HMRC is a really good one. Actually the businesses you deal with in your everyday life are, are very much an authority figure, so if it's a courier company and you can see how scammers have looked to take advantage actually of of our changing behaviours. We've been locked down, we've been shopping online a lot more, we're getting a lot more deliveries. They've t- tried to take advantage of that with pretending to be a courier company. Often banks um, and messages impersonating your bank are also extremely popular with scammers, again, because it's an authority figure in your life, because they could contact you asking for information, asking you to verify payments, for example, and scammers can look to try and take advantage of that also. And the way they can spoof numbers is probably the scariest factor within that. So, there is software freely available online that is shared amongst criminal elements online, in particular, that allows them to easily spoof legitimate phone numbers. So, the phone number that you think is your bank or your courier company or your any other HMRC, for example. Now, the scammers can spoof those phone numbers. So it looks exactly the same. And we've seen instances and we've got images, in fact, where scam messages have appeared in the middle of threads from legitimate banks, for example. So you have two text messages from your bank and a scam one could then pop in in exactly the same thread on your phone because the scammer has spoofed that phone number really hard, really, really hard then for you to be able to spot whether it is fraudulent or not, which is why the way that these banks and the way that HMRC and the way that courier companies communicate with you is so important. Because if they're legitimately asking you to make a payment or share personal information, then it becomes really hard to be able to spot whether it's fraudulent or not, um, especially with spoofing involved. And and that that's a really difficult place for us to be put in to try and figure out whether, you know, this is real or not, whether we could be scammed or not. Uh, and to be frank, it's really unfair.
1: It really is. You know, the as you said, the the complexity of some of these scams is the thing that really kind of takes me, um, you know, takes me aback a little bit. But we will talk about some of the things you can do, of course, to to try and stay one step ahead of the scammers a little bit later on. Let's hear a little bit more of my chat with Proofpoint's Jacinta Tobin now. She's based in the US, but Proofpoint have been assessing the scale of these scams around the world. So how do we stack up against other countries?
2: In some ways, the UK is far ahead. In some ways, there's a lot of room for improvement. Consumers in the UK are far more likely to receive a smishing attack than those Um, In other countries, what we've seen on the positive is huge kudos to the government organizations, the industry associations, and the banks and the e-tailers coming together to, to figure out ways to stop future attacks and to do consumer education. So on the huge positive, we've seen great industry collaboration because it is a shared issue. On the downside, some of the technologies used are more manual or based on mass blocking are too slow to stop these sophisticated attacks. So we obviously want to work with the operators to increase how they're fighting these attacks at the root.
1: Now, we've already mentioned that there are particular scams which have become more prevalent than others. Now, as Adam mentioned there, there's the copycat text messages asking you to pay for missed delivery charges or tax fees sent from numbers that claim to be from the likes of Royal Mail, Hermes, DPD, as Adam mentioned, maybe even HMRC, of course, that we've just touched on. Now, I've been able to chat with HMRC to hear about how they're fighting back against scammers.
0: Hello? Hello? I'm Angela MacDonald. I am the Deputy Chief Executive and Second Permanent Secretary at Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. At HMRC, we've seen tax related scams roughly double over the last year, and we've received more than a million scam reports in total from the public in this last year. So it's an enormous, uh, it's definitely an enormous problem. We do have a dedicated customer protection team who work on cyber and phone crime around the clock, and we are very grateful that we've got some really innovative technology that we use. We are really working hard to keep one step ahead uh, of the criminal in this space. But an awful lot of the criminals are offshore. That makes it very difficult. Um, But also... A relatively small number of people can be really very prolific. Now, this doesn't need to be hundreds and hundreds of people scamming. You can have only one or two people and they can actually reach, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, because digital makes it just so much easier to be able to be prolific in this space. If I give you an example, my son went to university, never had a, a, a major job, you know, had his Saturday job. He said, guess what, mum, I've just had this call to tell me that um, I'm due a tax refund. Um, I'm thinking of ringing the number to which I said, yes, but think about it. You've never had a big enough job to be able to pay tax to get a tax refund. But from his perspective, it just looked like free money.
1: We'll get back to my chat with Angela in just a moment. But while we've been talking about text scams on today's episode, I also wanted to ask Angela about a number of other scams where fraudsters impersonate HMRC. And this audio you're about to hear, it almost sends chills down your spine. This is an actual voicemail recording left by scammers in the last few months.
2: I need you or your retained solicitor of record to call us back. The issue at hand... Is extremely time-sensitive. This is officer Sarah Wilson from HM Revenue and Customs. The hotline to my division is 0127 479 2457. I repeat it is 0127 479 2457. Do not disregard this message and call us back. If you do not call us back or we do not hear solicitor either. Then get ready to face the legal consequences. Goodbye and take care.
1: Now I'll get Adam's reaction to that in just a second but during my chat with Angela I asked her for her reaction to what we've just heard.
0: I think that what uh, scammers have got cleverer at is trying to overcome the things that People would naturally look out for. So um, perhaps they're, you know, in one of the one of the recordings that you've got there, somebody uses a specific name, and you think, well, that sounds like it must be more real because they're using, they're saying, my name is such and such, um, or they put a telephone number into it. So they they're very much learning from the scams that don't work, and then the scams that do, and then they uh, keep adapting. It is very adaptable. But I think that what what we're trying to do is to help educate people that we will never, HMRC will never ring you out of the blue um, and threaten you with arrest. We will uh, always uh, be participating with you in something which we've already written to you about. So it's not going to be something that's a big surprise. Um, And if if we are going to leave you a message, it will have your uh, details of your tax specifics in it. So if this looks like it's something you're thinking, I've never heard of anything to do with this, this is the first contact I've had, or it doesn't have anything that makes it sound like it's it's very pertinent to you. So it's not, in my example, hello, Mrs. MacDonald, you know, with, with the specifics that mean that it's an individual call, not a mass call, those would be some of the kinds of things that people should be looking out for.
1: Thank you to Angela McDonald for joining us there. And of course, it's great to hear HMRC are playing their part. Now, if you're listening to this and want to know whether something is legitimate, then you can find out more on what to look out for on the gov.uk website and search for scams. Adam, you've also heard that voicemail that we played just a couple of minutes or so ago, left by scammers. As Angela said, that's a classic example of some of the scams that we've been seeing and some of the behaviour that we've been seeing as well.
3: Mm, it's very typical of of the psychological tricks that scammers can try to pay on us and actually this is a message that we've been doing around for a number of years now in various different guises but ultimately the the underlying psychology behind it is to really to get you to focus on the consequences of your inaction rather than what you what it is you're being asked to do so often you'll find and actually, a real problem we have with scams is a culture of victim blaming, actually. And when you hear these things back, it may be you think, well, why would I ever why would I ever send money to this place? Why would you ever do that? But ultimately, it's because in the heat of the moment, scammers are distracting you from what it is you're being asked to do and getting you instead to focus on the consequences of your inaction, action. So in this case, you could be arrested. There could be a warrant out. Those are the kind of initial fears that are evoked within you. So you're so worried about that. You don't really think about what it is you're being asked to do. It's a very typical trick that scammers play. And it's a very fundamental to our own psychology where we are motivated by the consequences of our actions into doing or not doing something. It goes right to the core of a scammer's know to take advantage of that. And clearly it's what they've been doing frustratingly with some degree of success.
1: Now, before we finish today, let's hear a little bit more about what we're currently doing on this area here at which I've been speaking to Stephanie Borthwick. She's from our policy team on what we've been up to.
4: So we're doing lots of stuff behind the scenes, engaging with industry to look at technology solutions, potentially, and other things that could be implemented by industry to reduce these, these text messages ever actually getting to consumers. But another thing we're doing uh, sort of more actively at the moment is that we've developed a guide for businesses, which is essentially a top ten tips for businesses about what they should and shouldn't do when reaching their consumers over SMS. Uh, this includes things like being careful around use of hyperlinks, definitely avoiding them where possible. But if they do need to use hyperlinks, then making sure they're using recognizable domains that consumers can verify themselves. We want businesses to make sure they don't include phone numbers to call back. Because these are all things that scammers do. These are, these are techniques that scammers use as well. We've also been engaging directly with the banking and delivery sectors. I mentioned before that most people probably have received scam text messages pretending to be from a bank or delivery company. So these have been uh, sort of the focus areas for us. So we do have uh, a couple of banks and a couple of delivery companies that have already agreed to adopt the guide uh, and we're in touch with a lot more and hoping to increase that take up really soon.
1: And Adam, as we've been speaking about today, that comes back to the heart of it, doesn't it? The way in which these legitimate businesses communicate with us and how that could hold the key to being able to highlight what is a fraudulent message and what isn't. It's great to hear what we're up to. But finally, let's have some light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to what we can actually do ourselves to fight back.
3: Well, the code of conduct, the the sort of code of best practice we've put in place is is a really good starting point, actually, in terms of the kind of things you should be looking out for in potentially fraudulent messages. Hopefully, a lot more businesses will come on board and ensure that there's a better standard of communication in the future. But whenever you receive a message out of the blue that looks like it is asking for personal information, that's asking you to make some kind of payment that contains a link through to a website... As things stand right now, you have to basically not trust that message and instead verify what you've been told with the business itself. It's an annoying extra step to add in, but it's ultimately the absolute gold standard best way to protect yourself from scams. And it's not just text messages. It could be a WhatsApp message. It could be an email. It could even be a phone call where they're asking for this kind of thing. Hang up and then actually contact the business yourself to verify anything you've been told is the best way. Protect yourself, and then if it becomes apparent this has been an attempted fraud, then I would say the main thing to do here to help protect yourself and importantly protect others is to report, report, report. We've got a scam sharing tool on the Witch website where you can tell us all about scams and we can put out scam alerts and warn other people about them. You can report it to Action Fraud, which is the police body, um, which gathers intel on scams and then sort of makes sense of it and dispatches different police forces around the country to investigate where they can. Those are the most important things you can do to try and help help us as a country really get on top of this. Um, scams is, or well, financial crime scams are the fastest-growing crime, the biggest crime in the country right now, and is only getting bigger. So it's really important that you are reporting these things when they happen because that information can then ensure that the right resources are allocated in the future to tackle this as well. We can only deal with it if government, if people know it's a problem, uh, which means reporting and not just sitting on it and thinking, oh, what just happened is so, so important to make sure that you you prevent this from spiraling out of control, to be perfectly honest. There's also a really handy way of reporting scam text messages to your mobile phone provider network, Um, you can forward scam text messages to a phone number, which is 7726. Um, And that basically then alerts your mobile phone provider network to the fact that this scam message is doing the rounds, and then they can stop it off at source and stop it from spreading any further as well. Now, these are all really good measures. They're all very much reliant on us proactively doing something. So whilst we can do bits and pieces here, ultimately, I think the the emphasis has to be put back on business, um, to be perfectly honest, to be much more proactive in preventing these scams and discovering them themselves. Because ultimately they are the ones, you know, your mobile network, your your text messages via your mobile network on your mobile phone, your email provider, WhatsApp, you know, whoever it is, they're the ones who open up this communication channel, which scammers are now able to use. So there has to be the kind of checks and balances in place. And I think that's also where, we are being let down a bit as, as consumers, really. And ultimately, there's more they can do. And certainly, there's a lot we can do in the meantime in terms of reporting these scams and ensuring that we help protect ourselves and others. <laughs>
1: That's really important information there and a huge thanks to Adam and everyone else who's joined us today and thank you for listening to today's show and I know Lucia has been mentioning this but we really do appreciate it if you could leave us a review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you make it five star, even better but only if you think we deserve it. Uh, You can also find us on social media at Witch Money. For more news and advice, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded, produced and edited by me, Rob Lilly, with additional support from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver.